Hey everybody, welcome back to the Inside Business Podcast. My name is Liam and I'm here today with Matt Mavisa. Matt, say hi to the people. Hi people. Uh, today we're going to be chatting about growth and specifically how to leverage marketing to grow your business, whether that's through hiring a marketer or through uh, specific growth hacks that you might be able to employ yourself. Before and we I get was, started, uh, go ahead. And I would say that this quite this this topic was inspired by one of our followers on Twitter who answered the question about when, what you wanted to hear, wanting to learn about you know the difference between hiring a marketing firm versus hiring somebody in-house. But we figured we'd take it a little bit more broadly. So with that, let's give a shout out to our amazing sponsors, Flat File and Dell, and we can get into it. Did you know that Dell Technologies has a department just for you, the entrepreneur? You can visit dell.com forward slash startups or email startups at dell.com to learn more and take advantage of some of their free offerings. Flatfile knows that onboarding and migrating B2B data is a pain. Enter Flatfile Concierge, no code collaborative workspaces for importing B2B data. Get access today at flatfile.io. All right, now let's get into this episode. So Mac, as we as we discussed, the original question that was asked was whether or not you should hire a marketing firm or bring someone in-house. So why don't we start there and then we can take it into more specific growth hacks. So when you talk about growth, really what you need is, and this is from my perspective, right? This is Mac, the former entrepreneur now, VC's perspective. You need people who can execute on actually getting customers, right? So story time. Right. When I started my first company, me and my two co-founders were all engineers. And so we were able to build this great product, but didn't know how to get customers. And so we said we needed marketing help. And so we got into our first accelerator, got $25,000 and said, yes, we're going to hire a marketing consultant. What we didn't understand was a lot of marketing consultants are strategists, right? They come up with a strategy of how to go about marketing, creating a marketing calendar, all that kind of theoretical stuff. But they don't actually, in many cases, do the actual work. And so for me and my team, having a strategist was cool. They got We got a whole bunch of documentation. We got a whole bunch of strategy. But we needed somebody to execute on the strategy, not the strategy itself. And so it ended up being, for us, fairly useless. And we quickly wasted about 15 grand of money that we didn't have to waste. It was a very hard and expensive lesson for us to learn. I mean, in the overall scheme of things, like 15 grand isn't a lot. But for me and my co-founders, it was a ton of money. It was the most money we'd ever spent on any one thing. Um, and so that was really tough lesson to learn. And what I learned then, for me as an early stage entrepreneur, more than strategy or any of that other stuff, I'm always looking for people who can just execute on making stuff happen, right? And if you don't know what that looks like or what that means, learning how to do it yourself and then being able to hand it off to others gives you a baseline so you can determine for you what's good and what's not, or like who, or like you be able to evaluate people much better because you can, you already know what you can do. It's not your thing. It's not your full-time gig. 
But if you start doing your marketing and you hand it off to somebody else and they can't outperform you, well, then you know there's something wrong with that. But I'll use that as a starting point. What do you think, Lee? Yeah, I agree with a lot of what you said. I think there's there's a few things in there. Number one is if you're at a very early stage and you have the time and resources to do it yourself, I think even if you don't know what you're doing or if most of your team doesn't know what they're doing, as long as you're not actively taking away from you know, developing the product or finding your product market fit or you know, another aspect of the business that really needs attending to, I think it's a good skill to learn. and It's a good skill to understand because part of what marketing ends up being is understanding what you're actually selling to your customer. And I've seen a lot of startups where you have a marketing firm or a marketing person who is selling one thing and the rest of the company is building a different thing. And there's like a bit of a divide there. So I think having the ability to understand both sides of the business and to operate on both sides, even if you don't intend to do so long-term, is something very valuable. So I would say in the early stage, the only time I would even need to start looking for someone specific or consider a marketing firm is if the time you're going to spend on marketing is actively taking away from the things that you are good at. But if you're early enough that you know you might have already built the product, you might already be at V1, you just need people to get onto it so you know what to do next. Like I think going out and doing that marketing yourself and learning about it, learning the process and understanding what is actually being sold to customers and what customers are expecting to receive is is very valuable. So that would be the, that would be the first thing I'd say. The second would be when it comes to outsourcing, sometimes it seems cheaper to start, but ends up piling up very, very quickly. Uh, and it's one thing that a lot of people don't seem to consider is that the entry price might be low to get into a marketing firm, but then to actually get them to execute and to run ads or to hire someone in and to, to actually do everything ends up being very expensive. And it might be better for you to actually hire someone in-house and bite the upfront cost to avoid the back, the cost on the back end, essentially. So I think, I think just having that perspective in mind and realizing that the cost or the price that you get when you first go to a lot of these agencies isn't going to be the price that you're charged. And this is the same for, I think, almost all professional services. Uh, like you come to a law firm, we will quote you the price that we think it will take us to do whatever work that you're asking us to do. Or we'll quote you the price sometimes just to determine what the price will be to do the work that you're asking us to do. Uh, and 90% of the time we will end up having to go over that because something will come up like you'll ask for some revision uh if there's a party on the other side like something will happen like something happens and the price goes up there's always some change and it's not that the marketing agencies try to screw you it's not that like law firms try to screw you or accountants try to screw you it's just that they need to be compensated for their time and something will always change like you'll pivot and all of a sudden uh something will happen and the marketing costs will go up or you'll slightly change a feature and they'll want to promote that feature and your marketing costs will go up. So just keep that keep that in mind that it's it's a less flexible way of going about it. And it's uh it, it can handicap you in, in some ways to go with that marketing firm. Uh is there anything at this stage, Mac, that you feel is like important to add specifically about like marketing firms? Well, I would say this, right? When when you think about a marketing firm versus hiring somebody in-house, right? I'll ask you first, Liam, what are the things that you're looking at to make that decision? Like there's, there's pros and cons to both. 
So what would be the things you'd be looking for thinking about as an early stage company? And how does that change from being an early stage company to maybe a series A company in your mind? Yeah, so I think like the number one thing I tell anyone who's at like the seed or pre-seed stage is unless the hire or the outsourcing, unless whatever money you are spending is going to make your time more productive, then it's not worth spending. Because I think at the early stage, uh, the number one thing, the number one asset that your company has is the founders or the team's time and skill sets. Because that's the one thing that's going to stay with you. Like you don't know if the product's going to change. You don't know if whatever you know marketing you're using today is going to change. If your legal structure, like you don't know any of that. But you do know that you have this team of co-founders, many of whom have large equity positions in the company, and the company isn't really going to be forward without all of them being there and all of them working together. So the number one advice I tend to give is every hire you bring in, every single firm you use should be making your time and your co-founder's time more efficient. So that, 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 that's where I'd start. Like if you think hiring a marketing firm will make your team function better, then maybe hiring someone or outsourcing marketing is the right thing to do. At that point, when you're then trying to decide between an agency and a full-time hire, Number one is just your cash flows. Like you might only be able to afford a one-off project, in which case you're stuck with like an agency. You can't hire someone full-time if all you've got is like five or 10 grand. Uh, it's just, it's not going to work out. So practically you might not have a decision to make. Uh, the second thing would be what your long-term view is. So if you're trying to hire someone for like a marketing campaign or just to figure out like your branding or something that's short-term, then maybe it does make some sense to go to an agency. But if you're trying to get someone, you know, if you're going to sell primarily online and you're trying to get someone to run Google ads and Facebook ads and whatever it is, that's like a core part of your business. Like that is the way that you take the thing you're building and that you communicate to customers that you make sales. It's, it's what turns it from like a hobby into a business if we're being honest. Uh, and at that point, like that's probably a very, very important team member. And you should probably be hiring that person in if you have the financial resources to do it. Uh, so I think that that's kind of like the, this process that I would go through in my mind is like, is spending this money important? Will it make our team more productive? Number one, do we have the money to hire someone in full-time or are we forced to hire an agency? And then what specifically are we looking to get done? Is this something that's core to the business where we need to bring someone in? Or is this something more ancillary or one-off where we can afford for it to be with someone who might not stay long-term? Uh, and I think if you go through those three steps, you'll probably come naturally to the right decision 99% of the time. And then there might be like a 1% where you genuinely have to make a decision because both options seem viable. Uh, and in that case, I think it probably comes down mostly to personal preference and, you know, personal circumstance. I completely agree 100% with you. The only thing I would add is you also want to evaluate, like if you're hiring an individual, you want to evaluate culture fit and like, is this somebody who truly believes in the product and vision and who may not be the perfect hire today, but could be the perfect teammate, right? And, and sometimes that can be more important. But then also at the end of the day, you just need to execute and get the numbers. And so I'm going to take this from the VC perspective. I know founders are thinking, well, you know, it probably looks better for me to have a team member in-house versus having a third party who I'm shilling money to when I'm talking to investors. Eh, yes and no, right? And what I would say is the biggest thing when you're talking to investors is 
showing the metrics and your ability to execute and your growth, right? If you have a marketing hire or a marketing company that you're working with that is constantly executing and driving growth, you can be in a position to raise capital, especially at the early stages, right? But you got to be able to make the argument. If you're using a third party, you can say, hey, we're working with such and such services. They've been doing you know, lead generation and marketing and PR for us for the last however many months or years. Um, it's because of them we've been able to get our CAC, our customer acquisition costs down to X amount of dollars and has been able to help us drive growth. If you can make that argument, then cool. If everything checks out as an investor, I can still invest in that, right? Um, and that, but that also leads into I can invest in that today at pre-seed or seed and maybe even series A. But you also want to start to have a plan for who you want to hire full-time or, or how you plan to build out your team internally, right? I would say the same thing for technical teams. If you're outsourcing, but the execution is there, that's great. You're getting over the initial hurdles and like, I can back that all day, every day. But I also want to hear the plan that you're thinking about, about, you know, growing that team over time and how do you plan to bring in full-time hires for that position and the more you have that thought out the better off you are pardon this interruption but it's time for a commercial break dell for entrepreneurs is offering free startup it consultations exclusively to inside listeners visit dell.com forward slash inside to apply today Dell's design team is eager to hear about the proprietary software and applications that you're working on. They have a team that can take your software or application and customize a system with your logo on it, helping you to build a better brand. They know that you're looking to take your product to market with just the right services, support, and technology to help differentiate it and increase its potential for success. Partnering with Dell OEM, you can design the right combination of capabilities to do just that. Whether you need a new computer to separate your work from personal life or a fully customized solution, Dell for Entrepreneurs is here to help. Visit dell.com forward slash inside or call 844-996-2142. That's 844-996-2142 to start your journey. Nearly everyone has dealt with formatting CSV or Excel files, so data can be imported into an application. Companies of all sizes spend a crazy amount of time and effort trying to fix this problem. Typical solutions include CSV templates, emailing Excel files back and forth, or hiring expensive implementation teams. It's a pain. Our friends at Flatfile are working on Concierge, a no-code collaborative workspace for onboarding data. Invite customers to securely import, format, or merge spreadsheet data. No more messing around with annoying, time-consuming workarounds. Flatfile is on a mission to help companies save time and money so you can focus your resources on the things that really matter to your customers. Curious about how they can help your business? Visit flatfile.io. But Liam, you as an angel investor, when you have a company come to you, what would you prefer them to say? You want them to have somebody in-house or are you okay with a third party? Yeah, I think it's a really interesting question. Personally, I think uh, similar to outsourcing development, there was definitely a time when I would have said outsourcing was a big negative. 
but I think I've, I've kind of changed my tune on that primarily because it's just so common and so easy. Like you can use something like Fiverr so easily to get off up and off the ground and you're paying a couple hundred instead of having to bring someone in who might cost you, you know, 50, 60,000 a year. Uh, and that might just get you up and running and nothing more. But if it's working, as you said, and if it is leading to growth, then it's still accomplishing the same thing without having to pay the same salary. I think there are a lot of benefits to it. And I think it's especially with marketing, it's becoming a very unpredictable game in some ways. Uh, there's just some genius marketing campaigns that capitalize on uh, whether it's like internet culture or like memes or just like whatever's trending. And you can really like skyrocket a company if you are able to jump on some of these. So I don't necessarily think that the tried and tested CMO or marketing company are necessarily always the best option or that past performance is indicative of future performance. I think that a lot of the times when you look at companies nowadays, the ones that have very extreme growth tend to have had someone young, someone new come up with some interesting marketing tactics. And I'm thinking like Dropbox, Tinder, like companies like that who kind of went about it a different way. I guess if you're going back further, you can like add something like Red Bull in there. Uh, but there's like cool companies that do really cool things. And to a certain extent, that's more what I'm looking for is like a company with a very cool or new or innovative marketing idea that I think will catch on. Uh, like I think if, like Mac, you're probably a good example. Like I think if, if you'd gone to people five years ago and been like, I'm going to build a VC firm and raise millions of dollars and I'm going to do it because I'm just going to be really active on Twitter and be really active in the community. Like I think a good amount of like people who at the time were LPs would have probably just laughed at you and been like, that's a, that's a horrible idea. But like you had the foresight to know that that's like the way the community was moving. Like nowadays, when I was having this conversation with a partner at our firm because we wanted to get more startups into the firm. And she was like, oh, so we'll go to like Instagram. I was like, no, Twitter, Twitter, Twitter is the place to be. Like that's definitely where you want to be if you want to get like founders and VCs. And like you saw that ahead of the time when people you know, still didn't, didn't know that, that was that's where it was trending. So I think that's what, what I'm looking for more than necessarily where the ideas are coming from. It's that the idea itself is unique, that it's something that I think might work and that it's somewhat ahead of the time and able to capitalize on trends that others haven't yet seen. So if, if I was to summarize a lot of this, it's all about execution, right? How you get to the execution doesn't really matter as much from a fundraising perspective, right? At the earliest stages, as your company starts to grow, yeah, you want to bring that stuff internally so you can have more control about it. But the earliest stages, your pre-CNCs, just being able to execute and grow, that's really what's important. So whether you do that in-house or through a third party, that's up to you. But just know when you got somebody in-house, you got a little bit more control, but you got to make sure that they're on top of stuff. And when you're working with a third party, they, you know, it's a lot of negotiations up front. It's legal contracts you got to deal with to make sure that they're doing everything they said they were going to do. And you want to make sure they're doing more than just strategy. There's a lot of people out here who call themselves marketing specialists who are really strategists, which is great. But as a startup, you don't really have time for all the whiteboard and strategy. Like once you do that, then you need to do all the execution. And these folks will just charge you for all the strategy until you find somebody else to execute. Now, you need somebody who's going to hit the ground running 
and start putting some campaigns together and start deploying them, right? And it all comes down to the money, right? How does this impact your, your monthly burn? How much are you, how much cash are you burning a month? And by adding one service or hiring somebody, how does that impact that? And, and what does that do to your timeline, right? All those things are important. And if you don't have the burn, if you don't have the money, well, then here's the hard thing, right? You might have to learn how to do it yourself. I have founders all the time tell me, well, you know, Google and Facebook ads ain't really my thing. Online advertising is not my thing. Doing conferences and stuff is not my thing. I got it. I get you. But I'm going to ask you this question back. What's your title? If your title CEO, that means it's your job to grow the company. And so if you come to me six months, 12 months, 18 months from now and tell me the company can't work out just because you couldn't get customers because you couldn't get the money, I'm going to look at you and be like, nah, the company didn't work because you didn't make it work, right? It may suck, but if you take yourself six weeks and deep dive on online marketing, SEO, SEO um, you know, paid advertising, growth hacks, if you gave yourself a good six weeks, that's all you thought about, you could figure some of the stuff out. It wouldn't be fun. It's not the skill set. It's not what you do. But what you do is run your company. You the CEO. So don't come to me and tell me you need my money to make this company work. So that's true. A company might be a little bit more flawed than you think. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. I think that fundamentally, when we're talking about these these growth hacks and how to hire and how to go about marketing, it's important to remember that fundamentally your business isn't going to be marketing. Your business is still about finding a problem in the market and building a solution for it. What we're talking about here is once you know that there is a problem and you know that your solution works and that there is a demand for your solution, how do you then get that out to as many people as possible? Uh, and I think that's that's one thing that a lot of founders can sort of trip up on where they get into the business thinking that they need to market the hell out of it. Or they hear a story like, I don't know, like a Dropbox where you've got like 70,000 or whatever it was signups before the product's ever released. And you think like, oh, marketing is the key to success. Like that was good marketing, but it wasn't. It was that they presented a solution to a problem for people old enough to remember, like transferring files between like computers was like a massive thing. Uh, and it was a pain in the ass. Like when you didn't have Google Drive, you didn't have all this stuff, like it was hard. And they might have just released a video with nothing really more than that at the time, but it was it was so like revolutionary at the time uh, that it, it it just garnered an audience immediately. But that wasn't because of marketing; that was because of the product market fit. So I think it's important to differentiate between the two to remember that as the founder, as a CEO, it's your job always to make sure that your company is building the right product for the right market. Uh, and marketing is then the process of explaining what that product is to the market and getting more people to adopt it once you know that it's the solution the market wants. And how you go about that is largely irrelevant as long as it's something scalable ideally and it's something that uh, you aren't sort of like boxing yourself in by hiring a marketing agency that then you know might have the ability to you know, pull your online presence. Uh, I've seen that before. Or to like, you know, drastically impact your business if, if stuff does go downhill. Uh, but fun fundamentally, when you go to a VC, I think, or when you go to an angel investor, when you're trying to raise cash, 
your job isn't to prove that you have the coolest marketing idea ever or that you know you're like a marketing expert those are great things to have those will increase the odds of you raising capital but fundamentally the things we're looking for aren't a marketing strategy it's a good team it's a good business plan it's to have you know a good product in the right market like it's those core parts of the business need to be in place marketing is one pillar of that to some people to other people it's just a layer on top of that uh, but it definitely isn't what the business fundamentally is so it's important to differentiate into and make sure that you stay on top of the fundamental aspects of the business that you're uh, you know continuing to iterate the product based on like customer feedback that you're continuing to you know figure out what it is exactly that drives people to buy your product like if you're running 20 different ad copies and you find that one works it's great just to run the one that works non-stop and to bring in all those customers but it's also great to find out why that one worked like was it that it communicated a different message to communicate a different solution a different problem like what is it that, that that's working about it like i think that's more fundamental and more important for me to have a ceo understand than it is to show me that you know they had one ad that ran really well and that they can you know do it again like having the ability to understand what you're doing and why you're doing it i think is fundamental to your success and that's that's really what your time and effort should be primarily focused on i think that's a great way to wrap it up and so did we answer your question of whether or not you should hire somebody in-house or work with a third party? No, we can't really answer that for you because that's a case-by-case -case decision. But we do tell you is like, what are the things to consider along the way and how it can impact you? So hopefully everybody out there got some value out of this discussion. Um, with that, hey, Liam, you got any last words for the folks? No, I think, I think we've covered everything. I think, uh, you know, we could probably do a separate episode specifically on growth hacks and growth strategies that like people might be able to employ, uh, you know, specifically focusing on, on things you can do short term. But uh, I think for now, we, we've covered that question relatively well. Uh, unfortunately, it's one of those ones where we can't give you the answer. We can give you like a way or perspective through which to analyze the question that might help you. Uh, but, but yeah, as Max said, the, the question and the answer is different for every company and every stage of your business. Uh, and it's, it's one of those things that you, even if you can answer today, you might need to reconsider it in six months, 12 months, you know, 18 months from now, depending on the amount of capital you raise, how the business is going. Like, it's an ongoing question and it's different for everyone. So unfortunately, we can only tell you how to approach it, not necessarily what your answer is going to be. Exactly. And so, sorry if we didn't answer your question directly, everybody, but hopefully we gave you some food for thought. And you know what? We're going to put a pin in that discussion about uh, growth hacks, because um. For those who know, customer acquisition is my jam and I love growth hacks. So we might have to do something with that. Maybe even bring on some special guests. Who knows? But with that, I hope everybody's enjoyed this special great edition of Inside the Business Podcast. Make sure you listen. Make sure you leave a review. Make sure you subscribe. If you feel kindly to us, make sure you unsubscribe, resubscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, all the good stuff. Let's mess around with those algorithms so everybody knows how amazing me and Liam are and the folks at Inside. Shout out to the boss, Jason. I know you listen to every episode. We love you. Can't wait to get you on one of these episodes. And shout out to Flat File and Dell, our amazing sponsors who make sure that we are able to be here for you. And with that, peace out, y'all.